0: At 4 Triple Z, we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast. We pay our respects to the elders past, present, and emerging of the Turbo and Jaguar people. We acknowledge that their sovereignty over this land was never ceded.
1: And we stand in solidarity with them.
0: <laughs> You're listening to Transmission on 4 Z, amplifying the trans and gender non-conforming voices of Brisbane and beyond. Good morning, you're listening to Transmission on 4 Z. My name's Kai and I'm here in studio with Ez. I
1: use he, him pronouns.
0: That's right, and I use she, they pronouns. We've got a special episode today, no news or events, because we're going to be listening to an interview that Ez has done. Ez, would you like to tell us about that?
1: Yeah, I was having a great chat with Aurora, who is from Anchorage, Alaska, about the state of the United States, and how that relates to trans people who are living there, and as well as we talk a little bit about how that affects us here in Australia. But most this first part of hopefully two full episodes of discussion with aurora will cover off on things like how the u.s has become as extreme thinking as it does around trans issues and trans people and aurora talks to that experience um yeah and then we also discuss about a lot of the hardship that comes with what's going on over there how that affects us and what we can do as australian trans folk to support them so that's what this episode is today there i believe there is a language and content warning and some themes warning throughout the pre-recordings that you'll be hearing but i will give another mention again there are some very heavy topics in this discussion that i have with aurora things are not great in the us so that's (laughs) spoiler alert so it is a heavy discussion um, and if you'd like to take a minute uh, you can you can always listen back to this episode on demand so you can listen back should you need to tap out for now and like to come back to it as well but yeah when you're ready katie you can you can push play
0: uh, okay let's dive into the interview
1: And I'm hanging out in studio with a wonderful friend and guest to the show, Aurora. Aurora is from Anchorage, Alaska in the US. In case uh, some people don't know, Alaska is part of the US. Um, and we're going to be chatting a bit today about trans issues in the US and a bit on how, that, how that's going, where that's going, as well as how that affects us here, what we can do as Australians so-called Australians, more or less, and what we can do to help our trans siblings over there. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I will (laughs) give a bit of a trigger warning for this particular episode, as we're going to be talking about some really, really heavy themes leaning towards uh, genocide, self-harm, and also a lot of, you know, political regimes that are very focused on hurting a majority of trans folks. So we, yeah, please enter this episode with caution
2: yeah don't 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 take that lightly uh for me i started looking back into this because i've put myself in a little bit of a relaxation bubble after i moved here to try and get a little bit of a break and i logged back into social medias and things and it was a lot worse than i had expected it's 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 not going great so um yeah uh, if <laughs> if if you can that'd be great keep listening but if not then uh please put yourself first you can't Serve from an empty vessel.
1: That's so, right. Yeah. Um, so first up, hi, how are you? What What's your name <laughs> and
2: pronouns? <laughs> hi, uh, my name's Aurora. Uh, I use she, her, Hershey, like the chocolate. So, yeah. It's <laughs> a little, can't seem to find a Hershey's here, but I do definitely go for a white chocolate Twix or a, um, oh, what are they? The, the cherry ripes.
1: Oh, cherry ripe? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty good. Let's let's chat about America. How is America structured in a way when we talk about trans issues
2: so a good way that i'm i'm kind of borrowing from a friend in the analogy which is you can't really think of america as a, a single cohesive first world country a good way of thinking about it is more along the lines that it's 50 or so second and third world countries that are just hot glued together by a bunch of international conglomerates, local monopolies, and a military big enough to fight God. The united part is optional. Terms and conditions may apply, may not be available in your area. <laughs> I found that that little phrase is both funny and horrifyingly accurate to my experience of living in the US. In short, currently you're seeing in the US in terms of trans rights that it's kind of turning into an apartheid system. For in a lot of states, that's a very loaded word and it's nowhere near as bad as it's been in full-on regimes like that But it's it's ramping up to that So you see this a lot with after the overturning of Roe v. Wade yeah uh, You can walk across or drive across an invisible line and immediately lose a good chunk of if not all of your rights um with a lot of friends that i had when roe v wade was overturned myself and a lot of my lgbt friends in general were horrified because we all knew that we were next on the chopping block and the number of folks that i had uh, especially family you know it's you're being a bit hyperbolic it's not like they're going to try to ban you from society in some way shape or form and it might get bad but we'll fight we'll win in the courts it's you know (laughs) <laughs> what is the phrase about uh, time being a long arc towards justice or something like that? Right, yeah. But that's, that's really not the case, as history will show. So it is, it's really shocking how that the overturning of Roe v. Wade and the repeal of a lot of bodily autonomy access for folks across the U.S. very rapidly turned into a situation where a lot of these hate groups were emboldened I was like, "Well, we got half the country, so let's go after everyone else now." Mm. And it's it's been quite chaotic ever since.
1: Yeah, uh, and I guess like particularly in southern states, but more broadly, you know, on on a federal level as well, uh, with the election coming up in the next couple of years as well, there may be some discussions about you know, like using trans people as a Mm. scapegoat. Really, Trump, particularly using trans issues as a way to deflect from the very real yeah. issues economically happening yeah, at the moment?
2: And, like, the, the thing that I like to communicate is that this sort of fascist element, and I I don't use that term lightly. It's not a hyperbolic term. Fascism as a political structure as an ideological structure of there is an in-group and an out-group and the out-group must be purged and the in-group must be expanded by any means necessary because of a sense of superiority or power. That sort of fundamental ideology is spreading worldwide and in a lot of the Anglosphere, particularly the UK, the US, a little bit in Canada and kind of here, bits and pieces, I'm starting to see the beginnings of it here, or at least the, the sort of glow on the horizon, as it were. Fascism is finding that that is a very useful wedge issue. It's a very polarizing issue. It's an issue that a lot of people are very ignorant about in terms of just what, what even is a trans if folks don't even know a lot of the basics. So if you get to somebody who is ignorant on the topic first, you can say whatever you want and they have no frame of reference for anything otherwise it's a it's a very radicalizing anger-inducing thing that you can get people riled up about easily and that is a really great tool for a lot of these authoritarian movements that you're seeing in the UK, in the US. It's a distraction from the sort of failing systems that you're seeing at the end of capitalism. Um, it's particularly it seems to
1: be particularly <clears throat> ramping up in the last two years because if i look at you know if i'm looking at the last couple of years here in australia the last two years in australia has been very i think progressive i think there's a lot of pushback but i do see tangible change in in government in the minds of everyday people around me as well and i feel hopeful i know that there's like a Mm. lot of There's still a lot of suffering out there. And that comes with any kind of revolution and and, Mm -hmm. and movement is that, you know, the nail that sticks out gets Mm -hmm. hammered kind of sense, you know. Um, But I feel the U.S. in the last two years has started taking going backwards.
2: The pandemic kind of broke everybody's brains in Mm. a way that they weren't really expecting. It was, here's a year and a half, most of it being essentially paid vacation because of emergency pandemic funding, blah, blah, blah. And you get to just sit with that. And after a month and a bit of reading everything, watching everything, playing everything that I had possibly wanted to, you end up staring at the walls and realizing that there's nothing else for you to do. And you're stuck with your own thoughts inside for a very long period of time. And it it kind of drives you a uh, a little mad. Mm. Um, yeah
1: you should ask the people in Melbourne <laughs>
2: <laughs> I heard things were significantly worse here so for a lot of folks they ended up turning online that exposed them to the algorithm knows kind of what you want and it'll give you more of what you want whether it's whether it's depressing content whether it's positive content whether it's conservative content liberal content whatever it'll give you what you want because it's Only goal, its only metric is how long you are spending on the platform. And the phrase that came to be in my friend group is the Amigara fault of the algorithm. So there's a horror manga author, his name's Ito Junji. He has a short called The Amigara Fault. If you've seen the meme that's like, oh, this hole is made for me, that's what it's coming from. And it's, there's an earthquake, a fault line opens up, a wall of people-shaped holes opens up and people are drawn to the site they strip naked and they jump into the hole and they slide into the abyss and spoilers if you want to read it um, cover yours I guess the ending to that is oh, months later they find the other side and there are these like grotesque warped people coming out the other side and like that's how I like to view the algorithm You had a lot of people who suddenly spent a distressing amount of time having nothing else to do but be subjected to the social media algorithms and whatever comes up next in the feed. And people kind of developed this mentality, myself included, of, eh, fuck it, because I have nothing else to do, so I'll watch the thing. I've seen it happen to friends of mine who are content creators where they hit on an algorithmic feed and they can't get out of it. And so they just drive themselves into the ground trying to meet the demand. Mm. Um, I've seen it happen to friends where they get stuck in the wrong Twitter argument. And it feeds them more and more of that until they've just become really bitter, really aggressive people in general. And I noticed that sort of Amigara fault of the algorithm effect going 110% after lockdown. QLife is Australia's first nationally-oriented counselling and referral service for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender and intersex
0: or LGBTI people. QLife provides peer-supported telephone and web-based services
2: to diverse people of all ages. They help callers with a range of issues relating to sexuality and gender, including coming out, as well as more general issues such as relationship problems. So remember, you can call the QLife line daily from 5.30pm till 10.30pm on 1800 184 527 and for online chat and support go to
0: qlife.org.au good morning this is kai i use they she pronouns you're listening to transmission on four triple z today we are doing a special episode where we're listening to an interview by Az of Aurora about what's going on in the United States. As, would you like to introduce this yeah. segment?
1: Yeah, we're just coming back. So we were listening to Aurora and I talk a little bit about how COVID lockdowns affected the online world, thus fast tracking a lot of algorithms and sucking people into more extreme thinking around the notion of trans folk and the experiences trans folk have. So we're going to continue listening to that part of our discussion now. <music> And when it comes to trans issues, it just grabbed onto that and just spiraled with it.
2: A lot of people ended up being very susceptible to whatever comes up in their feed. And a lot of people became radicalized to what were originally fringe conservative causes. A lot of the rise that you see in some of the hardcore transphobic uh, voices you'll find on Twitter and a lot of other places those people kind of really came to the height of their power through the pandemic and it's because they had a captive audience.
1: With, with that, is that what's happening now? So with, with post pandemic, everyone's been sucked in the algorithm. People are now being more or less brainwashed by whatever information they were held captive to receive. Mm-hmm. Now, now, now everything is taking physical form and action since COVID is no longer a. Up- High priority,
2: I guess. And what's happened is that a lot of people have already become primary followers and pr- and primarily engaged with certain types of far-right conservative content creators, be it from mainstream media or a guy sitting in his truck on a live stream. You have a lot of... Uh, once very fringe voices coming to the forefront. And that is all happening throughout the uh, 2020 lockdowns. Things are starting to open up come 2021, really kind of opening up towards December. And then you have January 6th happen. For folks who may not be aware, that was the storming of the Capitol building. Essentially what happened is a bunch of people showed up after the election because they believed that the election was stolen and there was some sort of weird Democratic. Oh yeah, it, it was like huge it, was,
1: here. it was, yeah. It it was madness. <clears throat> mm.
2: Yeah. So you had a bunch of people storm the Capitol, and that I guess kind of was the um, most of the people who were there. And I would say probably ninety five percent of the people who were there kind of walked into the building and wandered around and didn't really know what to do. They showed up to take over the Capitol, and then they had the building, and then they're just like, I don't know what I'll do. I guess I'll take selfies in the chambers. I guess. Mm and you had a very small minority of people about 1% who were dedicated violent actors w- with the intent on on going and actively killing people mm. like they had names and lists zip ties cuffs that that sort of it. thing they were they just and it was enough to be very disturbing and that's kind of what everybody latched onto it was really horrifying to see it was a lot of a lot less violent than some of the sensationalized takes were, but it was still way beyond what anyone could have possibly expected, including myself. And after that, pretty much regardless across the board, when I was in customer service or in stores or 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 at a, um at a group or whatever, the one thing people seem to be able to universally agree on in the United States right now is that the country isn't going to last to the end of the century.
1: Mm. I believe that.
2: so, Yeah, I mean, haha an empire's lifespan is a hundred is 250 years happy 249th birthday America, but that like what we're seeing now with all of these anti-trans Movements these anti-trans bills and such that is the sort of death throes of a dying empire All of the weaponization of the state those similar systems are being turned on the u.s. Population um The scapegoat originally was George Floyd, and once they realized that that wasn't getting the traction that they wanted, they weren't getting enough people on board with that. It was kind of flailing trying to find a new enemy, and it seems to have settled on originally trans kids and now trans people generally. So there are basically three types of laws, limiting bodily autonomy, sports bans, and anti-drag laws. The third one is newer and far more distressing because of how broad it can be applied. Um, essentially an anti-drag law is you're not allowed to do drag in public. Drag is defined as wearing clothes of the wrong gender or something. It depends on the state. So it's very broad. Not currently gaining a lot of traction. A couple of states have gone through with them though. Um, the two big ones that you're seeing currently though are sports bans primarily scholastic sports bands sometimes it applies to universities to state university programs sometimes not it depends the scholastic sports ban that is currently on the books trying to be passed trying to be passed i believe
1: so with the with the with the sports bands
2: uh, is that banning trans people from engaging with any sport Essentially, what it does is it's you can only play the sport. Ba- you can you can if your sport is is sex segregated, in any capacity, you can only play in the sex category that is your assigned gender at birth. Right. So regardless of what healthcare you've received, regardless of age, if you're going to be participating in any type of scholastic sports activity. And in some cases, it's not just limited to scholastic sports. It's competitive sports where there's any kind of state oversight.
1: And are most states picking this one up?
2: It's very common. It's, it's, it's distressingly common. It seems to be the most common way to wedge, um, it's, it's the most common way to wedge transphobia into a common conversation is, oh yeah, but do you think that, do you think that some big strong guy is supposed to be playing against this feeble, unable unable to you know women are so feeble they can't possibly i'm just like yeah but have you uh, um yeah no that that's that's no um unrelated yeah Um, there was a there was a recent topic that came up about i don't recall specifically which state but they tried to um they passed essentially a uh gender segregation ban for university sports because they had gone and undone it and uh two women's teams came in top two years in a row and so they got rid of it because guys didn't like losing. So funny that. Yeah, mm-hmm. funny that.
1: So how are these all these laws so so you've mm-hmm. got banning drag, mm-hmm. banning banning sport.
2: The other one that's becoming much more prevalent is the limiting of bodily autonomy and you'll see that with any of the banning medical gender affirming care under a certain age and sometimes usually it's <clears throat> usually if it's you're 18 or older you can in a couple of states it's 19 it's weird um i think wisconsin is what is it is wisconsin or wyoming is trying to have that age be 27 um because it's supposedly when the brain stops development fully right yes. so um yeah, it's it's really bizarre and open to interpretation and anti science in all of those wonderful <laughs> in all of those wonderful ways for the um, just facts and logic people to go with. So oh, it's Aurora here in the editing booth going through and double checking my math because I gave incorrect numbers the first go around. It was a total of all combined, not year by year. Uh, In 2020, there were 66 bills proposed, in 2021 it was 144, in 2022 it was 174, and the difference with 2023 is that we are looking at 492 bills in 47 states, and that's going to go way up because it was 44 states at the beginning of the week, and it was only 470-some bills, so that's great, it's really wonderful. The big difference I've noticed is that the type of bill is significantly different than before. We have a ton more healthcare bans on the docket, and over half of the bills proposed so far are just out-and-out out general laws against people existing in society. Tennessee has passed multiple aggressive anti-LGBT laws, the two of which being uh, one criminalizes drag shows and and another one criminalizes uh, gender affirming care for minors. But one of the big ones is a Papers, Please law that essentially classifies anyone who doesn't meet gender norms within society as a uh, adult cabaret performer and requires them to uh, register, carry a permit and present it upon request to state officials. And the UK is currently in the process of repealing the Gender Recognition Act, which is uh, in addition to providing LGBT anti-discrimination protections, also provides a lot of protections for women.
1: With, you know, yep. you've got anti-trans bills, probably more to come. Mm. And uh, a lot of U.S. citizens, trans U.S. citizens that I have been speaking to and that I've been reading about and on TikTok are really uh, distressed. And
2: People are fucking terrified. Yeah. No, it's Okay. I've lost three friends in six months. A kid I used to mentor is gone. I learned about it a couple days ago. Um, it doesn't matter if it gets to some Nazi Germany-esque point where they're putting people on trains or whatever. The, the, the death toll is already massive. Just in the last couple of years, the number of people I've known who have relapsed and died that way or who have taken their own life or who have just gone dark, just just disappeared into the ether. Nobody knows what happens to them, where they are. Nobody knows if they're okay, they just disappeared. And a lot of the folks like myself who did, I guess to an extent, just just bail, If the US is the Titanic and I'm in the lifeboat, guess my class.
1: Open Doors Youth Service is a South East Queensland support service for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and/or intersex youth aged 12 to 24 and their families. Open Doors believes that all young people have the right to explore, experience, and express their gender and sexuality in safe and supportive environments, and offers a range of programs and counselling services, as well as support services for parents of LGBTI youth and community education and training. For more information, visit their website at www.opendoors.net.au Sponsors of 4 triple
0: Z. Hi, this is Kai and you're listening to Transmission. I use they, she pronouns and I'm in studio with Ez.
1: Hey, I'm Ez. I use he, him pronouns. Uh, you're listening to Transmission of 4 triple Z, and we're having a special episode today where we're discussing... I I had a chat with Aurora from Anchorage, Alaska, who now lives in Australia, talking about the situation in the U.S. and how things are progressing, where they're going. We're now coming into the final part of my interview with Aurora, talking about the dire situation many trans Americans are living in. Aurora shares how lucky she is to be living in Australia currently, and we're discussing some of the class issues and um, how we go forward to help further support our trans siblings in the U.S.
2: i'm not i'm no i'm no millionaire or anything but i had the means to come here and that's well above and beyond what so so many people have and and it's it, it it's it's grim what scares me the most is that there is a cycle of denial when this kind of stuff was ramping up pre-pandemic in the uk and getting really really bad People kept saying, "Oh no, no, it's not going to get as bad as you think it's going to there, and if it does, it's over there. It doesn't matter. It's not going to come here." And it got worse, and it did come here, and it it did it did come to you know the U.S. in a way because the people who started this thing in the U.K. were predominantly a lot of evangelical groups in the U.S., a lot of uh, a lot of very conservative Catholic groups in the U.S the gender ideology term was coined by people who were, by by a bunch of Catholic groups who were initially opposing gay marriage in the US. So when you hear, ah, gender ideology or transgender ideology or whatever, that comes from the anti-gay marriage movement. And it has been repurposed and reused. It's, It's all the same arguments, folks. They're just reusing them. It's just that they've found a much more viable target
1: I have a question around this. Yeah, fire away. Um, how can we help? How how can people, how can trans folks Mm -hmm. abroad, how can allies, how can we, how can we
2: help? I mean, if you'd asked me pre, if you'd asked me like in 2018, my initial spot, my initial spot would have been like, ah, money. That's a great way to help find organizations that are helping trans folks get out. Of the UK and the US or at least move to a better state.
1: But that's not happening now. It, it, it's, yeah, it's not gonna help. It,
2: it can it can help in a, in some instances but it's it's not really what's needed desperately because a lot of trans folks are living in those red states as not because they're conservative but because the cost of living is lower. So if you take somebody who's poor and and unable to find a job because of employment and housing discrimination and put them in a place where it's even more expensive to live and find a home, it doesn't really improve their situation relatively. They're an under less direct threat, but greater long-term threat. What we read need need right now more than anything else is collective action, really, honestly. It's, it's this fight is not going to be cutting off a head or cutting off a couple of Hydra heads and, and doing it that way. It's, it's, it's a community unity over little interpersonal fights. For, for the folks who are in the queer community here and abroad, but here, our focus needs to be on de-escalating all conflict that is not with the enemy and save that energy to be doing something that's actually useful mediate those conflicts find ways to work around them the the legis it's it's a fight on multiple fronts using a diversity of tactics this this action this direct act we need to be supporting every avenue that we have whether it's legislative action direct action community defense mutual aid and essentially what's become illegal actions in a lot of states in the u.s in terms of um for abortion rights originally and now access to gender-affirming care in a lot of places it's there are people who are risking their freedom to provide that access and to provide that care and to provide that security big thing today that you can do that is free and easy is help to take the fight off us if it is safe for you to do so, or even if it's a little bit more dangerous for you to do so, but you're, you're game to game to give it a, give it a fair go for the team, I guess, be publicly clear that you support us. Be open about it day to day, in your workplace, in your friends, at the pub, at the music events, wear a trans rights pin, wear a protect trans kids shirt, find a beanie that's, you know, got a very strong few messages for bigots that maybe not allowed to say on air um
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and most of all call out your family and friends who do that crap there's a lot of great resources i think it's it's um -12 -14 -18 -18 -18 is a local uh, is a group here that does a lot of really good sort of one one stuff they have a uh, a couple of educational videos on their youtube which is which are great 101 starting places, that open support right now means the absolute world, especially if it's not particularly safe where you are, because that if you don't kick the Nazis out of the bar, it becomes a Nazi bar. You have to do it every time immediately and just make it very clear that that bigotry doesn't fly. Right now, we're, we're kind of in this sort of precursor to a sort of fascist system whether that is going to be open whatever in the streets i don't believe it is more likely what you're going to see is going to be what happens to a lot of disabled communities which is you're just denied care until you die Mm. and that is likely to be a very common occurrence in the u.s coming up here so if you wanted to know what you were doing what you would be doing uh during the rise of fascism in the 30s it's what you're doing right now and that that's a lot to think about
1: yeah so make it so make it matter
2: yeah make it matter even if it's a little bit a pin or something like that can go a long way
1: yeah yeah thank you so much aurora for taking the time to chat with me today and talk on transmission
2: oh yeah you bet anytime
1: um we will definitely get you back on to talk more about uh the us and some of your other experiences and uh yeah it's it's an issue that we've wanted to talk about in transmission for a long time and we've never really known how to quite address it and in terms of information so thank you so much. You're invaluable to us. Yeah.
2: There's a lot to this um, and one closing words is that it's not all negative. There is a lot of joy to be had in the found family and in the resilience that the community is seeing and hopefully next time I'm on I'd love to focus on that.
1: Yeah. Next time Ararat joins uh, yeah. myself as in studio on transmission, we'll, we'll chat more about what positive changes are going forward in the U.S. and what, yeah, more on what we can do. Um, anyway, thank, thank you heaps.
2: Oh, yeah, you bet. Anytime. <laughs>
1: the voices of the trans
0: and gender non-conforming community of Mianjin, Brisbane and beyond. Transmission on 4 Z brings you the latest in trans community news, music and events. Every Tuesday from 9am till 10am, join our team of hosts for an hour of celebrating the
1: unique perspectives of the trans community. Transmission, Tuesday mornings from 9am till 10am on 4 Z.
0: Hey, you're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. Uh, thanks for tuning in. If you missed any of our episode today, you can listen back on demand. Um, make sure to check out our socials at Trans Radio with a Z. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Transmission. See you next Tuesday, 9 to 10 a.m. on 4ZZZ. <laughs>